podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And I'm Evelyn. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, we got Evelyn here. (laughs) Tell us who you are, what you do. I'm Evelyn. And like share. (laughs) I right now work for a company called Premiere and we put digital content over a hundred platforms worldwide a couple of them some that you know like netflix and hulu and itunes oh so she's responsible for like some of the stuff maybe 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 no are you the reason that um this weekend netflix put the princess bride on streaming no i am not (laughs) (laughs) do you want to take credit for that i do (laughs) because that would have been so perfect for today uh but i also am a uh sound person and i say sound person because i'm right now usually i'd stick to sound mixing but i'm actually writing scripts for some like stories that i want to record and just kind of in a podcast form as well (laughs) so So you're like the perfect guest (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) so i can learn (laughs) how you guys are doing it the horrible bad habit that we have. <laughs> so, welcome to our podcast. Um, if you've never listened to it, or if there are new listeners, um, this is a weekly show where we tend to go on and on and on about romantic comedies. Yeah. Um, we've been following Netflix romantic comedy genre list. We started all the way back in 1918, and we're watching them in chronological order to learn about this misunderstood genre. And we're having a great time, I think. We've had some really good episodes. And we have Evelyn here, because both Justine and I have seen this movie. Right. And you have not. No. (laughs) This was like childhood for me. It's one of my favorites. I've owned it on VHS, DVD, (laughs) and now (laughs) Blu-ray. And now Netflix has it, apparently. Yeah. So that counts as me owning it. Well, I actually have two copies of the book. <laughs> Wait, do you have Buttercup's Baby? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, it's just the first chapter at the end, because that's all that they yeah. were able to make. So yes, we are watching 1987's The Princess Bride, and here is the info. Actually, this this description, I'm not using the description from Netflix, because it is so full of spoilers. Yeah, you texted me about that I last night. I was so thing. angry. <laughs> So I'm using the description from Amazon Prime, which is not full of spoilers. Because Amazon knows how to write descriptions. (laughs) I'm sorry we've made fun of Netflix descriptions so often on this. It's fine. (laughs) So here it is. Based on William Goldman's novel of the same name, The Princess Bride is staged as a book read by grandfather, Peter Falk, to his ill grandson, Fred Savage. Falk's character assures a romance-weary savage that the book has much more to deliver than a simpering love story, including, but not limited to, fencing, fighting, torture, death, true love, giants, and pirates. It stars Carrie Elways, Robin Wright, and Mandy Patinkin. It's directed by Rob Reiner. It's rated PG for adult language and violence. It's an hour and 38 minutes and rated four and a half stars on Netflix. It was nominated for Best Music Song at the 1988 Academy Awards for, like, the ultimate wedding song if you don't play this song at your wedding, Ashley. Um, there, we've already discussed this. My wedding has, like, a playlist just made of romantic comedy genre songs. <laughs> we'll add this on. Oh, I will. <laughs> It'll be there. 
<laughs> it's gonna be a full choreographed musical. Your uh, wedding. Okay. Okay. You're you're on that. <laughs> I don't want to plan anymore. <laughs> yes. Okay, Evelyn, are you ready to watch this movie? Yes, I'm. I'm ready. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited. I love this movie. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay, so we just watched The Princess Bride and Evelyn. I liked it. This was the first time watching it, and I think I'll probably go out and like buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's on Netflix, so it'll hold me over for a while. <laughs> for now, until they take it away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about The Princess Bride from MGM, but not really. Sometimes. It's faux MGM. MGM if you're watching it at home. Fox if you're watching it in a theater. theater. <laughs> Lionsgate if you're watching it online (laughs) yeah it's like so many different types of distribution deals (laughs) well everybody's got their hand in it quite recently didn't they just have like their 30th Mm -hmm. anniversary and they did like a big thing was that last year it couldn't have been last year because it was 87 yeah maybe it was the 25th they did something really recently where they got everybody together and did like that photo shoot yeah yeah i remember that it had to have been the 25th, though. Yeah. Because next year is the 30th. Oh, then they're mm-hmm. going to do something again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll wait to buy my Blu-ray then. Because <laughs> you know they'll come out with a new one. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like the Wizard of Oz. They like, made that big box set, mm-hmm. and then it came with like the Blu-ray, the DVD, like a digital copy. And then it had a booklet mm-hmm. in it, and it was like collectors, so like it had... This is copy, blah, 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 out of, I think it was, like, mm. 75000 or something. Oh, that's cool. Wow. I'd get that. Okay, so the movie starts with our star, Fred Savage. <laughs> the only, apparently the most famous person at the time that this movie came out. Yeah, he won a Young Artist Award for this role. Yeah, Fred Savage was in everything at the time. He was everywhere. What, what was the... the show that he the was in. the wonder years that's yeah, what it was. He was hot stuff yeah i am more privy to his brother's yeah career yeah those who grew up in the 80s were fred savage those who grew up from the 90s were ben, ben savage, savage. <laughs> uh so he's playing the baseball video game which i feel like we may have had when i was younger i don't know we only had an atari we had an n60 or well we had an n64 but my grandparents had the old Nintendo. But it may have just been memories of this movie. <laughs> like, I don't know where my real life ends and this movie begins. Who knows? <laughs> well, I had the Super Nintendo. And then we, like, didn't get anything for a really long time. And then when we got it or something, it was a PlayStation 2. So, like, we skipped wow. all of these you other skips. It's like a generation <laughs> of video game consoles. <laughs> nice. Okay, so Fred Savage is sick, and his grandpa shows up to read him a book. A book called Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. <laughs> um, so yeah, we go into the book world, which is where most of our movie takes place, and we get introduced to Buttercup and Wesley and their love. Their right intense love. Yeah. <laughs> I was so obsessed with this, well, generally all my life, but in high school I was really obsessed with it because, you know, as a teenager, teenage feels. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm I thought I like grew up thinking that this is what love was. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, 
passionately. So my, <laughs> my high school boyfriend got me a Build-A-Bear and named it Wesley, and he had to, like, make sure that they named it correctly with the T and the E. Yeah. Because it's spelled uniquely. Yeah. And he's like, no, it has to be spelled this way. I really appreciate it. It's <laughs> <laughs> my obsession. <laughs> And, At least he got it right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I also did, like, an English uh, project report on the book. Oh. Did a presentation, which I got an A on. <laughs> I did a paper on the movie in college. Nice. <laughs> I think it was one of my sound classes. I don't remember why. Uh, <laughs> for sound design of this movie? I think so. I don't remember. I just remember having, like, religiously watching this movie for a paper. I can see that. I can remember a couple classes that are like, oh, you need to, like, pick a movie, and then mm-hmm. as we go out through the semester, like, start writing a paper, because yeah. it's blah, blah, blah. There are a couple classes like Yay, that. Yay, when we watched movies for school. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, whenever we did watch movies, I would be watching the movie for the first time. Like, I didn't, I've never seen Citizen Kane until I saw it in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, growing up, I'm the first generation here, so my parents didn't really, like, know any, like, English, like, American movies. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I've never, like, really heard of or, like, saw The Princess Bride. But there was, like, still, like, a ton of movies that I haven't seen. Like, I know a lot of people are going to be like, what? I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. So when I went to go see the newer one, I already knew, like, a lot of the references. Because mm-hmm. just, like, Family Guy and, like... Phoenix and Ferb and just like a lot of things. Everything yeah. has a Star yeah. Wars yeah. reference. Yeah, so like I kind of like knew most of like the references of what I was like full like seeing. That's that's why like whenever we had to write papers, I was like I was probably one of like the few people excited. So I'm like yes, I have to, <laughs> I'm gonna see a new movie. So that's why like every time. I would see, like, there would be, like, a someone would bring up Princess Bride. I'm like, no, I can't talk about it. You can't ruin it for me because I'm going to see it for this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to the story. Oh, yes, there's also this um, device used in the movie time in their world where Ben Savage will interrupt their world and be like, no, they're kissing or something yeah. like that. Is this a kissing book? Um, which is funny, because that is how the book is written. Yeah. The book itself is written like that. Huh. Well, I read um, that it's written like that because this was written for his two daughters, and they were like five and seven yeah. mm-hmm. at the time. So whenever he would start to tell them the story, he would always get interrupted with their like questions mm-hmm. about where the story was going to go, because they were just impatient right. about it. So he used it to build off of on ah. this story. Yeah, because it's, te- it's a telling by William Goldman of an S. Mergenstern story. story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, does that other person actually exist? Not that I have found. Huh. He's just a, the mysterious, he's like Lemony Snicket. Right. He's mysterious. Nice. So it's, it's a fake retelling. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weirdly complicated. Okay. <laughs> but not complicated. Like, it's right. something that a kid would, mm-hmm. would think up. Like, yeah. the logic of it all. Which is why I appreciate it. Alright, so Wesley has to leave, and Buttercup then hears that he is killed by the Dread Pirate Roberts. So she gets sad. Suicidal sad. <laughs> I was like, this movie went really dark, really fast. <laughs> yeah. was like, she locked herself in a room, and she didn't eat, she didn't sleep, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh... <laughs> Guys, <laughs> she 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 had some feels. 
Okay, so then five years later, Humperdinck announces to the people of Florin that he's got a bride-to-be, and it is Buttercup. In the book, it had explained that he saw her, whatever, and then they just went to backstory, made her the princess of this little hill. So yeah. Like, ah, you're a princess now. Yay. So she's not... She's kind of a princess. Mm. Okay. Through politics. <laughs> <laughs> As most princesses are. <laughs> yeah. Also in the book, she's really dumb. Yeah. Huh. Like annoyingly dumb. Yes. They huh. they made her a little bit less. Mm-hmm. She still is a little annoying, but her horse's name is Horse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't really laugh too much though, because my mom has a dog. And when we first got him, obviously he was a puppy, and I'm like, well, you need to give him a name because all of our pets by that point ended with an E. Mm-hmm. So like, my brother had a guinea pig named Fluffy. Oh. Then I got a guinea pig named Chucky. So I'm like, okay, you need to continue the the naming. And she's like, I don't know. And like, we're like, well, you have to think of it because we're going to PetSmart and we're gonna mm-hmm. get his like name tag and everything. Like, come on. So we get there and I'm like, I'm getting everything set up. And I was like, so what's his name? Let's just call him Puppy. I'm like, really? <laughs> like Puppy? So I can't really, can't really laugh at that too much. Oh. <laughs> she did it for to keep a tradition alive. Yeah. Buttercup just named her horse Horse because she really couldn't think of anything. She really couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then Buttercup is riding her horse. Horse. <laughs> and she runs into our famous trio, uh, Vizzini, Fezzik, and Inigo. And they kidnap her. Ridiculously. Yeah. Yep. So they take her on a boat. Oh, and then there's the rhyming game. <laughs> Which, in, when I was little, I didn't quite understand that that was a rhyming game because I'm a horrible human being, but I had such a hard time understanding Andre the Giant. No, he's difficult to understand, especially during his fight scene. Yeah. Which I can explain more what he's talking about later. I, yeah, for the longest time, I could not understand what he was saying yeah. either. Yeah. Well, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, it's Andre the Giant. It's that one guy that was in Gossip Girl. I just don't remember his name. And then I don't know this other person. It's Andre but- the Giant, Wallace Shawn, and Mandy Patinkin. Who looks completely different. Yeah. I like looked it up and I'm like, <laughs> you you like th- th- there's like no resemblance anymore it's like, like dead like me what 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 <laughs> what what that's how i was when i first like looked up his imdb i was like this is what <laughs> don't understand i don't know like i said i can't remember the first time i've seen this movie yeah. it just has always existed in my life so these people have always been them <laughs> yeah yeah no i like that's how it was i was like when i first started watching dead like me i was like looking up like mm. the actors and stuff and i'm like wait a second this says this says something that that does not make sense <laughs> this is lying to me computer <laughs> Okay, so they're sailing at night, and then a boat is following them. Dun, dun, dun. And Buttercup uses this distraction to jump into the water, but there are shrieking eels. This is the part where she's dumb. Yeah. Why would you jump? <laughs> okay, I have a fear of open water because of Jaws. I saw Jaws at the age of four, which is, it's not, don't, don't do that to children. <laughs> I thought the shark was going to attack me, and I lived in a landlocked state. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, every time she's done that, it's been like, no, don't do that. There's nothing else around. What are you doing? For, I, I guess perhaps she was trying to swim to the other boat, but it didn't seem like she was moving But that's in not that smart either. Yeah. Like, why would you go to another boat that you have no idea who it is? Like, it could she's be worse. Dumb. 
So then Andre slaps the eel and saves her, so she's fine. But then they reach the cliffs of insanity. Yeah. This all happens, like, after an interruption by yeah. Fred Savage, who is legitimately terrified, for yeah. better cup's <laughs> sake, at this point. He's so cute. I know. So they have to climb up the cliffs of insanity, which is why they have uh, Fezzik, because of his big... Brute strength. Yeah, big burly nature. He can carry all the people, so he climbs the rope up this cliffside. But the man in black is following up, and they're like, oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of funny, because uh, one of the things that I found online was uh, Andre the Giant had just gotten uh, back surgery. Mm -hmm. So technically, if he was healthy... He would he would actually legitimately would have been carrying yeah. these three people, but the three people were actually just walking, and so they like strategically shot it so that you can't see that they were walking up. Yeah, yeah. And then his body double was a foot shorter than he was. Yeah, you can tell yeah. in the the fight scenes when yeah. they cut away to the wide. Yeah, mm. and then you can really tell like in the horse when yeah, they're running yeah. away. The horse. He's just wearing like a big billy shirt <laughs> yeah. with his tiny legs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's not Andre the Giant. <laughs> they would have killed that horse. Yes. That's <laughs> why so when I saw the horses, I was like, I really hope there's like a body double. But I'm like, wait, but the body double will probably be and then, like, they, like, sh- showed them riding away. I was like, no, okay, cool. They, they used the normal person. <laughs> <laughs> his tiny legs and tiny <laughs> yeah. yeah, they, like, stuffed up his mm-hmm. shoulders. <laughs> like, mm. mm. Well, you know, back in the day, they didn't have DVD quality. <laughs> you saw it, like, once in the theater, and then, like, two years later, you get a VHS of it. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I ever really noticed as a kid. No. Okay, so they reach the top of the cliffs and they cut the rope, but the the man in black hangs on with his claws. Yeah. <laughs> with his reptar claws. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vizzini tells Inigo to, like, wait, and if he reaches the top, kill him, whatever, but Inigo gets really tired of waiting and throws him the rope. Well, he also tells Vicini that he's going to fight with his left hand. I'm so going to do him left-handed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. It really, like, latched on to the campiness of life. <laughs> Didn't let go. Just throttled it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... The man in black comes up on the rope, and then uh, Inigo gives him some time, but also interrogates him about the, and tells him all about the six-fingered man, how the six-fingered man killed his father, and then his whole backstory. And then how he's going to one day meet the six-fingered man and say, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny, because I was like, oh, like Game of Thrones did that with Pascal. Yes, doing? yes, yes. I was this time thinking a little bit of Game of Thrones yeah. tales. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you see you George R. Yeah. <laughs> I always wondered about that, though. Like, because they are similar. They were similar builds. They yeah. were similar, like, fighting styles mm-hmm. in the show. And he even kind of looks like Mandy Patinkin back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an Easter egg. <laughs> Well, also, the people probably doing the casting grew up on this movie as well, so everything influences everything in turn. Or they could be in the same world, which we are very good at linking in this podcast. Mm. I like that idea. (laughs) I always encourage her. (laughs) 
Okay, so they have this great sword fight. The whole, like, I'm not left-handed. Da-da-da! <laughs> <laughs> Some backflips. Yeah. <laughs> Some gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great sword fight. And, you know, they learn the choreography. They practice it for months. It was great. And in between every scene, they practiced. Yeah. Because this was, like, one of the last things that they filmed, I think, Mm. is how they explained it. So they would practice in between takes of everything. So the man in black defeats him and knocks him out and then goes, runs to Fezzik. He runs up a hill. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, (laughs) the scene he's like, inconceivable, which we haven't talked about. Inconceivable. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he gets a fight with Fezzik. The thing that Fezzik was talking about is that he's used to fighting little people. They go over in the book, like, there's whole chapters oh, yeah, about yeah. Fezzik's backstory, about how he wrestles the giant against, like, six little people, and that's what he's talking about. He's not used to just fighting one person. He says it's different moves. Ah, okay. It's yeah. been a while since I've read the book. In the book, everybody has elaborate backstories. Yeah. <laughs> because kids, they need answers to everything. <laughs> no, the movie is good in cutting so much of the book out. Well, yeah. Yeah. But then... Humperdinck is in pursuit, and he, of course, is blaming Gilder. Da, da, da. Uh, and we also learned that Humperdinck is a great hunter. Yes, he's a great <laughs> tracker. He can. He has the same boot size as Wesley, mm-hmm. and can put his feet in the footprints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so then the Man in Black comes upon Vicini and Buttercup, and they have a battle of wits with Iocane powder, which he then, you know, tricks. Vizzini and kills him because the powder was in both of the glasses. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, apparently gotten, his body's gotten used to. Mm-hmm. It's like the snake venom thing. You like do little, little injections <laughs> of it every day and your body builds up an immunity. <laughs> There's a dude that does it on TV. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I can't remember, it's Stan Lee's, like, superhuman abilities or whatever show on Discovery or History Channel. I can't remember which one. And, yeah, he, like, started injecting himself with the snake venom to see, like, to study its effects and to see if you can get an immunity of it. And slowly but surely, he now just has snakes bite his arm randomly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it the same type of snake? The same type of venom? No, he does different types of venom. He has did the one that he did on the show was a viper. It's like and, vitamins. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> is he a, a super villain now, Snake Man? Is he gonna turn like Spider Man? He's gonna be a snake. Yeah. Gonna climb is up he gonna one? turn? Is he part snake now? I think so. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I didn't see his eyes, so I couldn't tell if they went slitty. Is but... he Voldemort? <laughs> This is an important question, yeah. and we will we will talk. I will get Stanley's people on please, the phone, and please. I will find out. <laughs> it's important. Okay, so the man in black is running off with Buttercup, and they're being chased. And she's like, "Stop it! I know who you are. You're the Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, you killed my love. <laughs> my love." Which is like, as soon as I, he talked when he was climbing up and talking to Inigo, I'm like, "Oh." He's back. <laughs> oh, like, I was going to ask you, when did you know? <laughs> I was like, do you not hear his voice? Like, and then she's like, oh, he has the eyes of, like, the, like ocean. Or, After like, a storm has yeah. passed. Uh, they're the same eyes. <laughs> they're the same <laughs> eyes. I know, it's like a close of a hand. They're clearly looking at each other, too. The black mask, like, really makes those blue babies pop. <laughs> 
Well, I think also, I don't know, I don't know how it was in the theaters, but Carrie Always was not, like, a movie star. No. Like he is nowadays. We've seen him a million times, so we know what he sounds like. Yeah. Because in the beginning, he was doing a different accent than in this one. He was very quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Farm boy in the beginning. As you wish. As you wish. <laughs> <laughs> but what he was really saying is, I love you. <laughs> It was just for so- some reason, it remi- like now it reminds me of that "How I Met Your Mother" Robin uh, "P.S. I Love You" song. Oh, when he when like Grandpa says that, and then he's like whispering to her. I'm like, he's gonna just say "P.S. I Love You." It's <laughs> 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 okay, Buttercup. <laughs> just like when I was like, oh, it's the guy from Best Girl. I was like, oh, it's the guy from uh, Jungle Book. The Live action one. I didn't know that. Ooh. That's how I knew. Like I'm like, oh, he's in the book. Oh. He's in Robin Hood Men of Tights. That's how I know him. Yeah, it's yeah. What they say in the trivia is funny. Is that he got cast for having like an Errol Flynn type look. Yeah. As being Robin Hood, and then later on he goes and plays a Robin Hood character. Yeah. <laughs> I have his book somewhere right there. I should read. <laughs> oh, I forgot he wrote a book. Oh, he did write a book? Wow. About the making of this movie. Yeah. Interesting. Which I haven't read yet. Now I'm intrigued. So I'm sure this has got all sorts of things. It's got pictures and behind the scenes stuff. Ah. Wow. I love that he plays the bad guy in Ella Enchanted. Oh, yeah. That was one of my favorite books. I just love seeing him everywhere, anywhere. Like in, I wasn't um, expecting it. And like I'm like, oh my god, Wesley. Like in Liar Liar. Yeah. <laughs> He just pops up, and you don't expect him to be there. But you love it, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, so... Okay, yeah. So these two, these two... He he tells the story of how he killed Wesley and all that, and gets her all riled up, and she gets mad, and she's like, I hope you die, and pushes him down the hill. He goes, you wish. (laughs) She's like, ah! (laughs) And then she throws herself down the hill (laughs) as well. And Humperdinck's just like, what is happening? Yeah. (laughs) They were like there, and then they weren't. (laughs) So yeah, oh my god, it's Wesley! And she's just like... And they kiss a lot, and and he says death cannot stop true love. <laughs> it's so over dramatic. It's lovely. Yeah, I love it. But then they have to go hide in the fire swamp. Da-da-da. So yeah, in the fire swamp, there's bursts of fire, which will catch you on fire, and <laughs> men in red suits. <laughs> Wesley tells Buttercup how he became Roberts, and then she falls into the lightning sand. Which in the book is called Snow Sand. Which lightning sand sounds much better. Yes. <laughs> and then there's the R-O-U-S's. The bursts of fly- fire pop mm-hmm. out of the ground, and they go... Tick, 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 boom. <laughs> that was very good. Yeah. <laughs> Here, for your sound effect needs. Yeah. <laughs> Fire this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, this giant... Um, well, this... this little person in a rat suit jumps on <laughs> Wesley and they have a tussle. And then she's just standing there the whole yeah. time. Like, <laughs> this annoys me so much. Like, grab a stick! Grab his sword! She does grab a stick and she goes, ah! Instead of, <laughs> instead of <laughs> all's <laughs> over. <laughs> well, she's a princess of a hill. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but they make it out and Humperdinck shows up and they have to surrender to Humperdinck and... You know, she makes a deal, says, I'll go back with you, just don't hurt him, return him to his ship, he's a pirate, 
This is like after Wesley is standing there demanding death. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, death first. <laughs> Love his line delivery. Yeah. yeah. And then we discover that Count Rugen is the six-fingered man. Da, da, da. Yeah. Wesley goes, someone is looking for you. And then he knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> like in like real reals. life, yeah. he knocked him out. Okay, then we go into the pit of despair, which is also really different in the book because there were multiple layers mm-hmm. of deadly animals. Ah, there's the, the snakes. Yeah, Humperdinck would just practice hunting in these different catacombs. Yeah. And at the bottom was the, the torture chamber, the machine. So, like, when the other guys had to go rescue, they had to, like, go through the bats oh, and the, yeah. the tigers and all this. Huh. The lions and bears. Oh, my. <laughs> so, yeah, it's revealed that he's going to be tortured. And then Buttercup has a dream that she got married. And then the grandson's upset. He's supposed to marry Wesley. Yeah. She's supposed to, not he. Though, so Fred Savage, he was very concerned for Wesley. <laughs> yeah. This is a dream... Because of that woman, that, that crone shouting, bow, 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 a queen of filth. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, it's ten days to the wedding. And the buttercup tells the prince that she will kill herself. She's like, sorry, no wedding. I'm gonna just, yep, just bye. So he strikes a deal with her. She's and... very prone to suicide, this one. Yeah. <laughs> She's not not doing anything else. (laughs) I'm not blaming her. Humperdinck says, okay, you write write four letters and I'll send my four fastest ships and we'll find him and you can run off with him, but if it doesn't happen, you can marry me. Are you sure he loves you? Are you sure he'll come for you? Yeah. Yeah. Humperdinck. Ugh. Just the name. Oh, so, yeah, they torture Wesley with the machine, sucking away his life. And Rogan is, like, writing a book mm-hmm. about pain. Yep. So he's interviewing him. Like, a psychologist would, like, how did that make you feel? <laughs> and then Humperdinck has the thieves' forest emptied, or he orders to have the thieves' forest empty on the day of the wedding, and it's the day of the wedding! And Indigo is there, and he's drunk. He's waiting for Fizzini. <laughs> You told me go to go back to the beginning, Vizzini. I'm back at the beginning. So the brute squad shows up, which is Fezzik. So Fezzik takes care of him. Which I always thought that this was like a longer montage. The whole like soup and like head dunking thing. Yeah. Like in my childhood, I feel like this took days. <laughs> but it's just like one afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really made like getting drunk seem like the worst experience in the world. Yeah. Some of us are stronger than others. Yeah. I am not one of those. <laughs> so Fezzik tells uh, Inigo about Count Rugen, that he's the six-fingered man. How he knew? Well, because he's, he's just, always just wearing that one glove that has the extra pinky on the side. <laughs> and Fezzik was very observant being on the brute squad. Yeah. So Inigo's like, well, I need the man in black to go and do all this revenge. We could, we could do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Which, and then, somehow, they also know that the man in black is Wesley, which is Buttercup's true love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I never really <laughs> thought about all of these plot holes. Fezzi just shows up and he's like, I've learned all these things. <laughs> you know, standing around. It, doesn't, it still doesn't bother me. Like, I feel like it should bother me, but it doesn't. It's just like, okay, with this movie, I can believe it. It just happens. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of trust. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so Buttercup finds out that the letters were never sent, and she pisses Humperdinck off. She's just like, you are a coward. <laughs> and there's in front, in front of, I forgot what the character's name was, the guy that had the key to the gate. Yeah. Oh, gatekeeper yeah. guy. Oh, uh, yeah. He doesn't really have a name yeah. that we remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, like, says all of this in front of him. And then once she says it, the gatekeeper's like, oh, fuck, I guess I need to go. <laughs> <He's> like, <"I'm> <laughs> <out."> <laughs> 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 Awkward backing away slowly. Yeah, but it really pisses off Humperdinck. And I would not say such things if I were you. Locks her in a room. So Humperdinck runs to the pit of despair. And kills Wesley. Turns the machine all the way up to 50. Mm-hmm. Sucks out 50 years of life. He did. So in total, 51 years yep. were taken. Yep. And he, he got left with some one. massive hickeys on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't ask how it works. <laughs> now I understand. I'm like, why would there be bruising? <laughs> so Indigo, well, everybody hears... The scream across the land. Every single person hears it, but Indigo and Fezzik, they know that it's Wesley. And it's a scream of, you know... Despair. Yeah, true pain. That's the sound my heart made when my father died. Yeah, because, like I said, they know that it's Wesley, who's, hum- who's Buttercup's true love, and Buttercup's getting married. They're psychically connected. There you go. <laughs> so, Indigo... Um, has a moment and prays to his dead dad to find Wesley. When a very beautiful shot, by the way. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's a nice little magic hour with the sun rays. Leaves <laughs> guide my sword. <laughs> so yeah, they find him. He's dead, but they bring him to Miracle Max, <laughs> yeah. who needs his own movie. Mm, Billy Crystal, so much improv. Him and Carol King, they just need their own movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, she when they got cast in the movie, she went to Billy Crystal's apartment in Los Angeles, and they sat down and came up with this whole backstory of Max and Valerie and like all of these little different nuances because they were under the impression that they were together for like hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, they should have just read the book. Everybody's got <laughs> I don't remember Miracle Max having a backstory. Yeah, though. I don't remember much of that. But they had a good afternoon. No, that's Chilling, great. talking that's about things. So it is revealed that Wesley is mostly dead. Not all <laughs> dead. Just mostly dead. And Miracle Max pumps him with air and pushes on him, and it reveals that he's staying around for true love. True blade. <laughs> blade. <laughs> but then, yeah. Max doesn't want to help because he is under the impression that they're just bringing him to him to get money from yeah. uh, Wesley. But since Max got fired by Prince Humperdinck, he, you know, resentful of him, and then Indigo tells him that this is the guy that's gonna make Humperdinck really upset by stealing away his bride. And he's Humperdinck. like, yeah! <laughs> Humperdinck. 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 <laughs> so he gives him a miracle pill coated in chocolate. Yes. That will bring him back to life. I've always wondered what it actually, like, was it like a little Snickers bar <laughs> or yes. something? Yeah. Because when they actually, like, shove it down his throat, like, mm-hmm. they just kind of, like, burp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm alive. We always use the uh, little Reese's peanut butter cups. Because I would, like, 
makeup little plays when I was lo- younger, and I redid this mm. one, and I just would shove peanut butter cups into my cousin's <laughs> <laughs> works yeah you're alive <laughs> i had a very strange child <laughs> nope sounds normal <laughs> okay so they have wesley alive they're in front of the castle gate which is now doubled to 60 men so it's him indigo fezzik and they have to come up with a plan to get into the castle so they come up with a plan <laughs> well he's like wesley can't move right <laughs> Because as soon as they put it in his mouth, he's, like, awake all of a sudden. <laughs> but he's slowly regaining movement. His yeah, little thumb... Thumb wagon. Mu- wiggle. His little head head jiggle. Yeah. Some, some <laughs> just... Some shoulder. He's a fast healer. Yeah. <laughs> but they only have half an hour till the wedding. Who has a wedding at night? Did back in the day? I don't know. Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> universe is just a horrible wedding yeah well well see it could have it could have turned bad it didn't well yeah like 60 men died sort of okay or were knocked well, out or terrified of they knocked Isaac. out a lot of people they stabbed a few people and then most of the other people ran away scared yeah <laughs> so yeah they come up uh, with a way to scare the guards by lighting a fezzik on fire in a wheelbarrow <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you can clearly tell that it's a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it. Because the head isn't big enough. No. And it's just like still when it's yeah. moving. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he's moving fine, but when they go to the wide shot, it's just like a static dummy on fire. Yeah. Yeah, but the head, like they did put like a, a mask of Andre the Giant's face, but the head, like they put yeah. it on a real size mannequin, so the head is too small. And. <laughs> You can just see the outline of his like facial features <laughs> of this mask, and it just you just just it looks horrible. Yeah, but it works. But it works. <laughs> but we love it still. And then we have that wedding. The wedding starts, and this is your favorite. <laughs> and the devil's the pope. Uh, so the impressive clergyman is played by Peter Cook. We have previously watched um, in Bedazzled from the sixties, the original one. Which you should definitely watch. Yeah. <laughs> just, just on this alone. There are nuns on trampolines. <laughs> <laughs> Mowage. 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 So yeah. These awesome sideburns. Yes. <laughs> Humperding is trying to speed the wedding along because his castle's being invaded by these three guys. Say man and wife. Man and wife. <laughs> so yeah, they say man and wife and he's like, okay. Let's go fight these guys. Take her to the honeymoon suite. So our heroes are in the castle, and Indigo and Count Rugen finally face each other. And Count Rugen runs away. Yeah. <laughs> so he chases them. He just is like, bye. And Fezzik has to, like, prop up Wesley. To go open the door. <laughs> yeah. When he comes back, Wesley is not there. He disappears. Somehow. Was it like a magic suit of armor from Harry Potter that carried him out of the hallway? Yes. And into safety? No, his feet are powered by love. <laughs> okay. It is, we... That is the best magic. Yes. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Everything that you could ever question in this movie is just love. Love. Because love. <gasps> True love. Love is how they knew. 
that it was Wesley. Mm. Yep. <laughs> it's like little mini Cupids came and whispered in their ears. <laughs> it's that interesting. Wedge. So fight scene uh, with the Count and Inigo. Uh, Inigo's father was actually battling cancer. Mm-hmm. So when he stabbed... Real Mandy Patinkin's father. Yes. yes. Sorry. He when died his... yeah, previously? Yeah, so when he, when, he, when he stabbed the Count, like, he said that he felt like he was, like, stabbing the cancer. Yeah, like, the he whole... felt, like, relief. And I'm like, oh. I want my sad. father back, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Because like, he just lost his dad. Yeah. I was like, oh, now that, like, now it's sad. Well, that's <laughs> why that's why he wanted to do it. Because um, the director offered Mandy Patikin any role that he wanted in the movie. And he was drawn to Inigo because of the death of his father. So it was just to kind of put, like, a nice little cap on it for him yeah it's it seemed like a good way for him to express those feelings and just overcome it and like you said just like physically you know express it yeah it's an interesting parallel with Mm -hmm. the character for sure Mm -hmm. but um indigo gets injured he gets a knife to the stomach he gets a knife to the stomach a sword to each shoulder yeah yeah (laughs) so it looks like he's gonna die for a moment you know until love happens but (laughs) for now love heals all wounds um buttercup goes to kill herself she's about to stab herself in the chest and wesley's there waits till the last minute to say hey there's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world it'd be a shame (laughs) which is funny because didn't she if she entered Mm -hmm. the bed is on her right Mm -hmm. her bed covers are white wouldn't you notice, like, this black thing on, like, your bed? She was really determined to yeah. go over that knife. One-track mind, buttercup. Oh, she also had, like, the four-poster bed, so I could see, like, like sheets, the, like, things on the, the, the curtains yeah. on the bed, like, okay. kind of, like, no, yeah, she's screwing totally with her it. vision, but... But she also is just Buttercup. Yeah, so. that's that's true. Ooh. Princess of a hill. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best new like insult ever. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, she doesn't kill herself. Wesley's there, and they smoocha, smoocha, smoocha. But then uh, Indigo gets that uh, power, power of love. Power of love. <laughs> he holds all of his organs in. Just <laughs> slaps him back in. He starts. He really starts kicking ass, and he kills Rook, and he actually gives him the same wounds that yeah. he inflicted to him. The scars on the cheek, the two in the shoulder, and then the final one. To the gut. Yep. So he killed Rook and dead. And then stumbles away. Yep. And then uh, Humperdinck shows up in the honeymoon suite with those two smooching in there. And Wesley has, you know, he's got to battle him with wits. Battle him with words. With words. <laughs> he threatens him. Yeah, but Humperdinck, like, is trying to understand, like, follow along everything, and it's just, he he's Humperdinck. He doesn't quite understand everything all the way. Yeah, but I think Humperdinck knows how much of a great swordsman Wesley is. Well, he's a coward. Like, yeah. like she said, he's only goes after defenseless animals mm-hmm. and does it in an unsportsmanlike fashion. That's right. So yeah, Wesley threatens to, like, maim him, pretty much. To turn him into a monster, he threatens to take his eyes, his hands, and his feet. Yep. But leave his ears. So he can hear mm-hmm. everyone talk about how he looks. Yeah. Yes. To be as ugly on the outside as he is on the yeah. inside. 
No power of love for him. <laughs> he didn't want love. He wanted to murder her anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I so guess he we didn't start mention. his war. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't mention that at all, that Humperdinck was behind her capture. capture. Yeah, he wants to start a war with Gilder. He had planned to murder her on the wedding night anyway, and, and he just wants war. Because I guess war makes you money and land and people. It sounds like fun. I mean, he's a coward, so it just sounds like fun. Yeah. Humperdinck doesn't believe that Wesley can't move until Wesley stands up. Yeah. And he's like... It points his sword. This is an awesome shot, too. Yeah. Points his sword at the camera. Drop your sword. So, yeah. He defeats him, ties him up, and uh, Fezzik shows up with the horses, and Indigo finds him, and they ride off on the horses. (laughs) Yeah. And then they have the best kiss in the world. (laughs) Which Robin and Carrie did a million times. They needed to. For reasons. There's pictures right here, actually. Aww. <laughs> like, no, kiss like kiss like that. Yeah. Touch her there. <laughs> Six takes. <laughs> that still doesn't seem like enough. Because yeah. <laughs> it's the kiss that is to end all kisses. Mm-hmm. True love. In the book, they, they don't have a very happy ending. Aww. I don't remember. Well, Humperdinck's forces are right behind them. Indigo's oh, wound yeah. opens up again. Mm. Somebody's horse loses a shoe. Like, it just kind of leaves on a cliffhanger. Oh. <laughs> but he never tell. The thing is, he doesn't tell his kids that. He, like, ends it, like, at the kiss, which is where the grandfather ends it in the movie. Okay. Now I kind of see why. Like, Well, and throughout, like, the whole entire thing everybody's telling you about how life is pain so it makes sense that it would end they gave it a hollywood ending well yeah but it's cute i wouldn't want it to end any other way no so then the the grandpa and and fred savage fred savage is like will you read it again to me tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) the grandpa says as you wish. <laughs> As you wish. As you wish. And then we all cry. <laughs> and then the 80s credit starts. My love is like a storybook story. <laughs> I texted my brother during this and I said he had to remake it for the wedding. <laughs> Him and his band. <laughs> nice. Jason Reitman, he's been doing those readings mm-hmm. um, with a different cast of it and they did do one in 2013 mm-hmm. and Carrie Ewell uh, switched roles and he played Prince Humperdinck that mm. time instead of doing Wesley but Fred Savage came back and played the grandson <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to see that <laughs> I know I wish they would record those but they don't I know I and I never I only find out about them after Afterwards, they happen yeah. they do them at the LACMA right mm-hmm but we have to rate the film. I'm going to rate this movie five magic pills. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to rate it five boob daggers. Boob daggers? That's what that's what he was saying it was. Good. <laughs> I don't know why it just is happening. I like it. I'll just go with five hills. <laughs> Clips of insanity. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yay, we all rated it five. Because this is a perfect movie. <laughs> it's because it understands that it's campy and overdramatic and, and all of that. That's why. 
for me. And it, and it really is like a beautiful love story. And it's funny. It's hilarious. Yes. I think this is one of the one of the ones that we've laughed the most. Next week, we're going to be watching 1987's Can't Buy Me Love. I've never seen it, so I don't know. I haven't seen it either, but you said like there are so many like Oh, there's so many references to it. There's so many references, so many people in it. Yes. So many young famous people. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's fine. So, but we have thank yous. We have thank yous on Facebook with Nicole K from the Feminine Mistake podcast. Yeah, she gave us a shout out. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Sam for being Sam. Thanks, Sam. He always shares. <laughs> and on Twitter, um, Leah from Leah's movie, Low Down. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And thank you, Evelyn, for joining us. Yes. Oh, thank you for inviting <laughs> <laughs> So you can listen and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. And please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you search Cutaways Podcast, it'll come up. It'll be there. You'll see our lovely faces on the Runaway poster. Um, we are also on Facebook and Twitter as at Cutaways Podcast. All right, let's wrap this up. Say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>